BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. An incredibly deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. With LinkedIn ads, you'll be able to target over 70 million decision makers all in one place. No deep voice required. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Mark Moss Show, where we're running through some of the latest breaking news headlines so you can understand the world as we talk about it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And all three of those are converging nonstop. As a matter of fact, this week, big news in the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency space involving exactly that. Two big stories that I want to talk about uh, that really highlight how this is all coming together. Um, one of the things, uh, obviously, being a Bitcoiner and understand how Bitcoin mining works, Bitcoin miners process the transactions that allow Bitcoin to be transferred back and forth. They secure the network. Now, what's happened is when China shut down the Bitcoin mining, um, about 60% of the mining power was in China. And a lot of that came to the United States. We've seen it uh, concentrate in Texas. And we've also seen it concentrate with big public companies. But for miners to become very efficient, they use what's known as pools. So the pools pool all the transactions together. So if you want to mine, you would then mine into a specific pool, and that would give you a better chance of actually finding the reward, and potentially you would be making more money. There's a handful of mining pools that are out there, and they each sort of work a little bit of a different way. So there is some sort of competition, if you will. Competition is always what brings us better products, better service, and better prices. Um, it's game theory in action, if you will. This week, we saw a brand new mining pool come into place. Um, and it was led um, by um, Luke Dashier, who's one of the Bitcoin core developers, and also Jack Dorsey from, of course, Twitter, who you probably don't, uh, who you already know who that is. And they basically launched this new mining pool. Uh, Mummelin is the name of the company. And the mining pool is called Ocean. Now, shout out to my Bitcoin Opportunity Fund. We have a fund uh, called the Bitcoin Opportunity Fund, I'm a partner of, and we are one of the key investors into this deal. So a little bit talking about my own book, but I want to explain why this is a big deal. If you'd like to figure out how you can get into some of these deals throughout the Bitcoin ecosystem, just visit bitcoinopportunity.fund. Again, bitcoinopportunity.fund. But uh, what Ocean has done through Jack Dorsey, you might remember Jack Dorsey left Twitter. And Jack Dorsey said in many times, many times in public uh, addresses that he left Twitter to go work on the most important thing for the rest of his life. What is that most important thing? Bitcoin. 
So you might think it's stupid and just, uh, you know, whatever, some stupid tech, um, some mythical money, internet, magic money, whatever. But some of the smartest tech people in the world, like Jack Dorsey, see it as the most important thing. You might want to take note of that. Larry Fink, the head of BlackRock, the largest asset manager in the world, said a couple weeks ago that Bitcoin, uh, people are going to Bitcoin for safety. So when the the largest asset manager in the world, one of the most uh, prolific tech investors or uh, tech creators in the world. When they say it's the most important thing, you might want to take notice. Either way, what's happening because of these pools, um, a lot of these, a lot of this mining has gotten um, centralized, and then these mining pools exert their pressure, their power over this, and have taken away the decentralization aspect of Bitcoin. And Bitcoin mining, and specifically in regards to what I think is probably the most important key attribute of Bitcoin, which is censorship resistance. It's uh, probably the, it's the main thing. It's what we want. Now, what we're seeing is a lot of these mining pools, like FT pool, F2 pool, for example, it's the third largest mining pool, have started to be accused of actually censoring transactions. The United States government has a list, OFAC. These are compliant addresses. So if you're on a uh, on a sanctioned list from the United States. They've put out these addresses and say these mining pools are no longer able to interact or mine or process transactions from these blacklisted sites. So they're censoring transactions. But Bitcoin is supposed to be censorship resistant. So how can that happen? And so these guys, Jack Dorsey and Luke Dashier, have started a new mining pool that is set out to solve that problem to break the centralization that's happening and as well as break the censorship that's happening as well. They're using a new type of technology. It uses something called Knots instead of Bitcoin Core. It's sort of like Bitcoin Core with a little bit of a difference. Uh, but basically, without getting into the technical side of it, here's why it's a big deal. It's that not just that there's censorship going on, but more importantly, that the miners themselves, if you buy one, you should have control. But also, if you have a mining company, you should be able to choose which transactions that you believe are valid. What happens is when I go into a pool, I have to mine whatever the pool throws up in front of me versus the miner being able to choose that directly. And so this is a pretty big deal for a lot of reasons. Um, it, it returns back individual choice. Now, it also breaks this centralization that's been happening. But more importantly, what it's doing is it's creating more competition. The market is now being given the opportunity to present a new business model and allow the market to decide which one fits the ethos of the industry? Which one people like to use better? Which one makes more money? If some mining, miners and mining pools want to censor transactions, well, we can see how they perform versus mining pools and miners who don't censor transactions. And we can see game theory playing out in real time. Now, one of the reasons why I like this story is because as soon as this comes out, guess what happens next? The legacy media empire swarms and decides to try to throw up whatever FUD they can to try to take this down. As a matter of fact, uh, mainstream media headlines are all over this week saying uh, that Bitcoin transactions uses one swimming pool's worth of water. It came from the BBC. A Bitcoin transaction uses one swimming pool of water. Well, the, well, the world's made up of about two thirds of water. So I don't know, is that supposed to be scarce? It like falls from the sky all the time. But apparently that's a bad deal. It is, it's a bad deal if you live in China, you don't have fresh water. But if you have fresh water, anyway, they're saying that it uses a swimming pool worth of water. Okay, is that a bad deal? Is that good? Is that bad? Well, there's a lot, a lot to say about that. But let's just compare it. So we have to always go back into some frame of reference. So what we see is that in order to get an EV vehicle, uh, you need 
a battery, and inside that battery are rare earth elements, one of which is lithium. The lithium extraction process is one of the most uh, water-heavy consumption uh, extraction processes that I know of. As a matter of fact, it takes approximately 500,000 gallons, 1.9 million liters, per metric ton of lithium to get it out of the ground. So basically the miners have to go start drilling holes in the ground in these salt flats, and then they pump this uh, water into the ground, and then it starts to get the lithium to come up. So 500,000 gallons for one metric ton of lithium. Okay, so how many metric, well, how many metric tons does it take to build batteries? Or I should say, how many batteries can you make from one metric ton? A metric ton is about 2,000 pounds, and uh, with 2,000 pounds, um, it takes about roughly, depends on the size of the battery, but it could take about two and a half pounds per battery. So you get uh, 2,000 divided by 200, you do the math. About, you know, about 1,000 at, at, two, at two, two pounds. So big batteries like Tesla, so you get about 1,000 cars. So it takes 500,000 gallons of water to make enough batteries for 1,000 cars. Is that good or bad? I don't really know either. Uh, there's a lot to go into that. What's the trade-off and so, so to speak. But the point that I'm trying to make here is that we have other issues that use way more water, that use way more electricity. They want to talk about uh, Bitcoin uses too much electricity. It wastes electricity, apparently. Well, there's lots of things that use more electricity than Bitcoin. For example, AI uses way more electricity than Bitcoin. Your clothes dryers at your house to dry your clothes, those use more electricity than Bitcoin. Is that a waste? I mean, you could just go hang your clothes up to dry in your backyard. Do you really need a dryer in your house? And so the point is, is not that these things are good or bad. It's to compare them against each other, but more importantly, to see through the veil of what's going on, right? We have a new form of competition coming out that makes it very difficult for the governments to use their power to censor and control. As soon as uh, a little crack shows up in the dam and they start to lose some of their power to censor and control, then the legacy media machines come out to bang the drums to the public to change public perception, right? If they can change public perception, then they can get you to buy into their authoritarian laws for censorship and control. All right, that's how this works. It's the same old playbook. We've been seeing this for hundreds and hundreds of years. Well, probably since the beginning of humanity, in my opinion. Uh, the power has to control the narrative so they can control the people. But that's why you're listening to me. So I can show you through their thin veiled uh, false allegations of what's going on. If you're just tuning in and listening to the Mark Moss Show, I got a whole lot more news headlines to cover when I come back. Don't go away. I'll be right back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's that time of year again. 
The U.S. Mint is making the new 2024 American Silver Eagle and American Gold Eagle coins, and there's no better time to buy than now. Gold rose 23% in the past 13 months, and silver's up 27%. Plus, they're both still climbing. Get the newest gold and silver coins of the year from my trusted friends at Universal Coin and Bullion by calling 1-800-UCB-GOLD. Their company president, Dr. Mike Fulgens, is America's gold expert, and he recently met with financial guru Steve Forbes to discuss trends in precious metals. And both experts agree that gold could hit 2,500 an ounce in 2024. That's nearly a 25% gain from today's price per ounce. If you want to make a sound money investment, then add gold and silver to your portfolio now and keep adding as part of your regular investment strategy. Gold's been used as money for over 2,500 years. Call Universal Coin and Bullion at 1-800-UCB-GOLD. That's 1-800-UCB-GOLD or check out universalcoin.com slash Mark Moss. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's LinkedIn.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're running through some of the latest breaking news headlines, of course, as we always look at the way the world is changing, deglobalization, decentralization, as we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And this week, we saw more signs that the legacy centralization is falling apart. The pendulum continues to swing. And I know some people call me an optimist or a dreamer, potentially. They say, Mark, how can you say that the pendulum is swinging back from centralization to decentralization? Because everything I see is that we're getting more and more centralized. The UN is still trying to get more power. The WHO is still trying to get more power. The dollar is still strong, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm looking at the signposts and I see these signs and they tell us what's happening. We can see the mood, the public perception all around the world is sweeping. We see in Argentina, they got a far right extremist in there. Italy, a far right extremist. In the Netherlands, a far right extremist. And the populism, the nationalism is, is taking over, unfortunately, slowly, but it's happening. Uh, one of the things I saw this week that was an amazing story that uh, certainly I love the energy and the fire in, and you might have heard but Elon Musk, uh, we might call him a mega Chad, which I guess even calling somebody a Chad is like a right-wing extremist, male, white privilege, I don't know, something like that. But we'll call him a mega Chad. He has so much money and he just apparently does not care at all. And you see him voicing his opinion all the time. Well, if you're on Twitter anyway, uh, he is not afraid to speak his mind. He is not afraid to stand his ground. He is not afraid to call out BS when he sees it. Now, I do want to just say that I am not like an Elon Musk simp here. Um, I like a lot of things that he's done. There's also a lot of things that he's done that make me very suspect. And there's also a lot of things that he's done that I don't like. For example, 
I don't think you should be going around and getting a bunch of girls pregnant and having a bunch of unwed babies all over the world. I don't think that's probably a good thing. Um, I don't like the thought of having uh, microchips being implanted into human brains that he's working on. So there's lots of things that he's doing that I don't really agree with. There's things that he's doing that make me suspect, like what he's doing with the takeover of X, previously Twitter, uh, working on a platform for everything where they have your your money and your ID and all of that centralized. I don't like that. Uh, makes me suspect of what he could be doing with it. But there are things that I do like that he's doing, like really, 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 really fighting hard for giving us a platform to have free speech. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pat him on the back. I'm gonna congratulate him on the things that he does right, and I'll certainly call out the things that I think are done wrong. But in this stance, uh, he was uh, doing a interview with um, New York Times and. Uh, basically, he silenced the entire room as he proclaimed that, quote, if someone wants to blackmail me with advertising, they can go F themselves. I'll let you fill in the blank on that. What is he saying? Well, he's under all this fire. Uh, Media Matters uh, filed this uh, slanderous law, uh, you know, allegations against him. He's filed uh, lawsuits back. And they're saying that he is a uh, anti-Semitic. He's a, a racist. He allows dangerous content. He's a threat to our democracy, all of these things. And advertisers are not going to give him money unless he goes and changes things, right? So they're basically, they're basically saying that. And basically what we saw is uh, Bob Iger from Disney uh, had, had made allegations that they are not going to advertise on that platform if uh, Elon Musk doesn't change it, if he doesn't start to censor some of the speech. And Elon Musk said that, uh, uh, well, they, they, they threatened that if, if uh, there was an advertising boycott against X, then they could just basically blackmail them into submission, so to speak. But Elon Musk says, fine, don't advertise. If someone's going to try and blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, you can go F yourself. And then he said it again, go F yourself. Is that clear? He asked. I hope it is, he said. The whole world will know those advertisers killed the company and will document it in great detail. All right? And then he went on to say, that, okay, Tesla's done more than all the companies combined to help the environment. I've done more for the environment than any single human on the earth, he went on to say. Uh, that's, uh, that's debatable. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not going to back that yet. But what I do like is how he's standing the line here. All right. He is literally changing the attitude around the world, which is why he's enemy number one, by exposing the government corruption through the Twitter files. By releasing those files, it unlocked lots of other mysteries. By allowing uh, citizen journalism to happen, the power of the crowd is able to come together and dig up stories and patch together things and connect the dots into things that might have been considered conspiracy theory in the past because we didn't have all the information. But now with all of the information, it's no longer theory. It's now gone into facts. Now we're seeing this happen all over the place. The tide is changing everything from the narratives around the pandemic, uh, through the election interference, um, through the censorship and control that's happening. We're seeing it all. And it's pretty amazing. Now, uh, there was a story that came out on Zero Hedge talking about a time to boycott Elon's boycotters. And so this is sort of where competition and game theory comes into play. I talk about it all the time. Building the world that you want. Look, well, I don't know about you. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I am not a victim. I am able to speak my life into existence. I am able to do the work to build the world that I want. 
If I'm not happy with something in my life, then I have the power to change that nobody else. If I need more money, if I need more time, if I want to lose weight, I want to be in better shape, I have the power to change that. And I am responsible to shape and build the world like I want, just like Elon Musk is doing as well. And so we can do that partly through voting with our feet, but also voting with our money. And so if they want to boycott um, Elon Musk, then we can also boycott them as well. And uh, like I said, this is an article that came out on Zero Hedge. You can go read it. Uh, but they're talking about how, you know, there's this ad demonetization and how companies don't want to advertise. Um, so maybe we should support the companies that are advertising on Twitter. Now, in full disclosure, I'm not a fan of seeing those ads. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm, you know, a paying subscriber and uh, so I don't want to see those ads, but maybe we should click on those ads. Maybe we should be buying from those companies to support them for supporting a platform like Twitter. If Twitter is able to return a better advertiser return, what's called ROAS, return on ad spend, if Twitter can return a better ROAS than Facebook or Instagram, then guess what happens? Advertisers come over. These advertisers like Bob, Bob, Bob Iger, they want to stand strong. They want to pretend like they're powerful. They want to say that we'll boycott your platform because you're going to censor. But they're greedy. They're responsible to their shareholders. If they can return a better advertising, a better ROAS on Twitter, they're going to use it. And so we just need to make it so. If we click on those ads, if we buy those things, uh, I mean, you're going to buy things anyway. Why not click on an ad and buy it? Why not vote with your money? Why not show that you like free speech? And as a matter of fact, I'll support ads on Twitter, but I won't support ads on Facebook or Instagram. And if we do that, we'll quickly see how fast things change. It's up to us. Now, is it a pain to click on an ad? Sure. Would you maybe pay more for a product doing that than going through Amazon? Maybe. But look what you're supporting. What does Amazon stand for? What does Jeff Bezos stand for? Buying Washington Post and, and coming up with more fake CIA stories or supporting Twitter that's um, running for free speech? Uh, some of the boycotters are Disney, CNBC, Warner Brothers, Discovery, Apple, Sony, Lionsgate, Paramount, IBM. Uh, boycott all those. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about the intersection of politics, finance, and technology, and running through some of the latest breaking news headlines so you can understand the world in better context. I'll be back with more in a minute. Don't go away. I'll be right back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's that time of year again. The U.S. Mint is making the new 2024 American Silver Eagle and American Gold Eagle coins, and there's no better time to buy than now. Gold rose 23% in the past 13 months, and silver's up 27%. Plus, they're both still climbing. Get the newest gold and silver coins of the year from my trusted friends at Universal Coin and Bullion by calling 1-800-UCB-GOLD. Their company president, Dr. Mike Fulgens, is America's gold expert, and he recently met with financial guru Steve Forbes to discuss trends in 
precious metals, and both experts agree that gold could hit 2500 an ounce in 2024. That's nearly a 25% gain from today's price per ounce. If you want to make a sound money investment, then add gold and silver to your portfolio now and keep adding as part of your regular investment strategy. Gold's been used as money for over 2,500 years. Call Universal Coin and Bullion at 1-800-UCB-GOLD. That's 1-800-UCB-GOLD. Or check out universalcoin.com slash Mark Moss. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. All right, welcome back. If you just tune in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're running through some of the latest breaking news headlines that are the signposts that tell us where things are going. We look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. Now, we were talking about before the break, um, some of the things that's been happening specifically with Elon Musk, always making waves, always being the outspoken person. And I gave him some criticism and I gave him some credit. But there is another celebrity uh, that's been making news this week and has found himself in the crosshairs of the government. And I am talking about UFC legend Conor McGregor. Um, one of the most charismatic, outspoken, you know, people in the UFC, which is the world of MMA, mixed martial arts. And he has now found himself a target of the state for what? For speaking out in support of his countrymen, for speaking out in support of uh, mothers and children. Um, that's what he's in trouble for. You know, you can tell a lot about the state by how they prosecute crimes. How do they prosecute crimes from people against people? How well do they protect the people? Or how do they prosecute crimes against the state? That tells you everything you need to have, and that's exactly what we're seeing play out right now in Ireland. And the reason why this is important to you is because it's not just Ireland. It's the EU, it's Europe, and it's the United States. It's most of the developed world. It's also Canada. It's also Australia, and it's coming to a country near you. Now, what we saw, like I said, UFC legend Conor McGregor called Ireland to rally together and ensure that the, st the stabbing of three young children and two adults last week is never repeated. That doesn't sound too bad. Sounds pretty good to me. The problem is that, well, the problem for Ireland is that the suspect is believed to be a foreign national. And there's a problem where most of Europe has a massive immigration problem happening all throughout Europe, sort of like what we see in the United States happening as well. About 8 million people have come across our border. That is not an inconsequential number. But all throughout the UK, through France, through England, and in Ireland, they have massive amounts of immigration. And there's fireworks. There's lots of... Uh, 
I hate to even say the different types of crimes because it's just so heinous to even say, uh, but it's bad. And here we have uh, immigrants, illegal immigrants, potentially, I don't know the exact details of that. Uh, but when we have violence break out, and the people are dying, and the government doesn't do anything to protect the people. If you think about, uh, don't think about, go do your research. The role of the government is to protect the people. That's it. Let me just break this down for you philosophically. I wasn't planning on doing this, but check it out. Okay, you as a human, you have a right to your life and property, okay? I have a right to do that. I have a right to defend my life and my property. I do not condone. I don't believe anybody has a right to exert uh, aggression towards somebody else. It's sort of like a libertarian non-aggression principle. Uh, but you have a right to defend yourself, all right? Now, collectively, if I'm under attack, me and my neighbor, my neighbor and I could join together to defend myself and my property. Uh, maybe my neighborhood could join together to collectively protect our neighborhood, our property and our life. Maybe as a city or a state or a country, we could collectively join together to protect our property and our lives. And that's exactly what the state is. Because I have the power to defend my life and my property um, then collectively, we can assign that right of protecting our lives and our property to groups such as the state. That is what the state has power to do. The state does not have power to exert power and control outside of that right, no more than I do. I can't just go say, well, I can do whatever I want. No, no, I can defend myself. That's what I have the right to project power on. And that is what goes to the state. So if you look at the founding of any nation, the founding of the United States, the role of the United States government is to protect its citizens, protect its citizens from, well, if you've sworn in on the constitution of enemies, both foreign and domestic. So they're supposed to secure the borders. They're supposed to defend us from invasion. Well, 8 million people coming across the southern border is certainly not protecting us from invasion. That's in the United States. It's happening in other countries. That's what's happening in Ireland. Now, instead of protecting the citizens like they're supposed to, instead, they attack the citizens. Instead of protecting the citizens of the United States and closing the border, who knows potentially how many terror cells could have come across the border? We have no idea. Instead of protecting us from that, they're attacking the citizens. Let's break it down. Conor McGregor. So he went to social media. He went to X um, and he voiced his anger at the stabbings. Hey, everyone should be angry. He told his followers, quote, we are not losing any more of our women and children to sick and twisted people who should not even be in Ireland in the first place. Oh, wow. The hate. That is so bad. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read the quote. Hopefully I won't get canceled for it. He said, isn't that something? The absolute picture of a weak and feeble. The most divisive of all is the weak man. Okay, so um, I'll break there. Uh, so the, the, the legacy media, the world, they want to tell you that toxic masculinity is a problem, that strong men are the problem. But as he's saying, as I would agree, you think strong men are dangerous? Wait till you see weak men. And that's what he says right here. Uh, he's saying that uh, the most divisive of all is a weak man. You ever heard of the Napoleon complex? right? The Napoleon complex is when you're a little weak man, you have to pretend like you're big and strong. If you're a big six foot four, 250 pound muscular bodybuilder, MMA 
you're typically not trying to show that you're strong. It's like why guys that drive sports cars don't typically drive them very fast. Everyone already knows they're fast. Um, and so you think strong men are, we are, are dangerous. Wait till you see weak men. And that's exactly what he's saying here. He said, one of the most horrific crimes this nation has ever seen has occurred. We do not care anymore. What you sad cases have got to say in a war, you are nothing. We are not backing down. We are warming up. There will be no backing down until real change is implemented for the safety of our nation. Now, you would think the nation would get behind that message because isn't that the role of the nation, the safety of their people? That's what he's asking for. Until real change is implemented by the safety of our nation. Yes, the nation should be on board with that. He goes on to say, quote, we're not losing any more of our women and children to sick and twisted people who should not even be here in Ireland in the first place. That has now put him in the crosshairs and he is now under investigation for a series of tweets saying that because of the stabbing, now he is sparking hate speech. And under a new um, law in Ireland, that's a crime. Now, in Ireland, there was massive uh, riots, or not riots, but protests that happened, erupted. Uh, a bunch of people you know, looted and, and threw stones and rocks and whatever. Conor McGregor did actually say to not do that. He, he, he did not condone the violence. As a matter of fact, he said that it fixed nothing. He said that. So he actually spoke out against that. And then uh, throughout Ireland, we've seen people starting to graffiti messages that, that say Irish lives matter, which now uh, the police in Ireland are saying that is a hate crime. So by being pride of your nationality, of your country, that's a hate crime. This isn't like a, a race. This isn't saying like white lives matter, which they said was a cr hate crime during the BLM thing. This is Irish. This is so anybody that's in Ireland, if you've immigrated to Ireland, you went to Ireland because you want to be in Ireland. You should also be proud of Irish. So to say that Irish lives matter is a hate crime, I mean, it's just in insane. Uh, you know, this Algerian born man lived in Ireland. He stabbed these people. Bystanders intervened. They ended up getting stabbed. They should be doing something about it, in my opinion. And instead, again, the nation which should be out there serving the interests of the people to protect their property, to protect their life. Maybe it's just the United States thing. Life, liberty, and happiness is what we're known, but it's actually life, liberty, and property was the original writing of that. And that's what the goal of the government is to protect those things, not turn them into hate speech. But again, this is what's happening. Uh, Canada has been sweep, uh, passing all new sweeping laws on what they consider hate speech. The United States has been passing new laws on what they consider hate speech. But the problem is, how do you define it? If you're just tuning in and listening to the Mark Moss Show, I got to take a very quick break, but I'll be right back. Don't go away. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's that time of year again. The U.S. Mint is making the new 2024 American Silver Eagle and American Gold Eagle coins, and there's no better time to buy 
than now. Gold rose 23% in the past 13 months and silver's up 27%. Plus, they're both still climbing. Get the newest gold and silver coins of the year from my trusted friends at Universal Coin and Bullion by calling 1-800-UCB-GOLD. Their company president, Dr. Mike Fulgens, is America's gold expert, and he recently met with financial guru Steve Forbes to discuss trends in precious metals. And both experts agree that gold could hit 2,500 an ounce in 2024. That's nearly a 25% gain from today's price per ounce. If you want to make a sound money investment, then add gold and silver to your portfolio now and keep adding as part of your regular investment strategy. Gold's been used as money for over 2,500 years. Call Universal Coin and Bullion at 1-800-UCB-GOLD. That's 1-800-UCB-GOLD or check out universalcoin.com slash markmoss. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. If you just tune in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're running through some of the latest breaking news headlines as we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. Now, updates on the economy. We are now facing record-breaking markets in 2024. The S&P 500 could hit a record 5,100 next year, breaking records, at least according to Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank says that they're is not just a soft landing, but no landing at all, that the plane will continue to take off. Now, the old news that you've been hearing from the banks and from the media and from the talking heads is that the market's going to crash, the market's going to crash. When the the Fed raises rates, the risk-free rate goes up, the stocks have to come down, right? The the PE ratios have to come down to adjust for the risk-free rate of return. When mortgage rates go from Two, three percent to eight percent. Home prices have to crash, right? Have to, have to, have to, have to. No, they don't have to. They don't have to because they haven't. People have been talking about a housing crash since the Fed started raising rates. They talk about a market crash since the Fed started raising rates. And here we are, two years later. Now, if you tune into my main YouTube channel, Mark Moss, you know that I've been telling you for a year now the markets weren't going to crash. I think I've made nine videos breaking down why. I don't just say that. I break down the math and I show you why. And here we are. Now, I do want to preface this by saying, yes, 100%, I can, well, 99.99%, I can guarantee that there will be a market crash. That's because crashes happen all the time. The question is when. I'm not saying there will never be another crash in the history of the world. I was just saying for the last year, it wasn't going to happen this year. And I tell you why. And the reason why is because the the Federal Reserve, the central banks, the monetary system cannot deleverage. It can only go up. Now, uh, nothing goes up in a straight line. It goes up and down. We're sort of in this sideways sort of uh, consolidation, crab walk, whatever you want to call it. The markets are going up and down, up and down, up and down. We're staying in a predictable range. So there's always movement but not the big crash. And now the now the mood has totally changed. Deutsche Bank says that next year we'll see a record high 
in the S&P 500. Now, Deutsche Bank, they've become the latest big name on Wall Street to now issue this bullet, bullish stock market forecast for 2024. And most of the analysts are now starting to come and change their tune as well. And uh, it's no surprise. Like I said, the markets haven't gone down. They haven't gone down with the Fed raising rates. And now here we are, the Fed getting ready to start lowering them again. So we survived the rate increases. Here we are ready to start seeing the rates go down. Now, a couple of things I want to say. First off, they said that the mark, the price, stocks have to go down because the Fed funds rate went up and that we have to see a recession. But have we already had both? As a matter of fact, if you remember for this year, the first two quarters of this year technically saw a recession. Two quarters of negative economic growth. Now, the Biden White House came out and said, oh, technically, that's not a recession because not all the factors are there. But we sort of did have a recession. They said that the markets would have to crash. Well, they sort of did. The S&P 500 went down by 27%. That seems like a crash to me. Now, maybe they were expecting 60%, 80%, whatever, but maybe we've already gone through it. Now, I don't know. Where am I at? Well, let's see. 5,100. Will we get to a new all-time high next year? <sighs> There's no such thing as certainty. There's only probabilities. So we think of what's probable. Let's see. We're going into an election year. So right off the bat, we know they're going to need the markets to be up. No incumbent president has ever uh, won when the markets are crashing, which is part of the reason why many people say that uh, the markets were crashed with Trump running in the last presidential election. And so no incumbent president, meaning Biden, could win in a market that's crashing or a recession. So right off the bat, they don't want a recession to happen or they'll probably lose power. So they'll probably do everything in their power to keep it going up. We also understand the constraints. And I talk about this all the time, the constraints of where the Treasury and the Fed is and the amount of debt that we need. They have to continue to print. So it looks like we're going to have an easy monetary environment. We're going to see an expanding monetary environment and the political appetite will also be that, the, that there is no recession and the markets don't crash. So the powers that be seem pretty aligned to not keep the markets from crashing. Now, the problem with that is that if they do that, then we see massive inflation. We've already seen massive inflation. So it's a proverbial rock in a hard place. We either let the markets crash and inflation goes down, or we don't let the markets crash and inflation goes up. Well, which would you choose in a political environment where you want to win the election and when you're deal with the constraints, then you have these wars happening. We got the Ukraine thing going on. We got the Middle East thing going on. So the inflation is not because of the monetary system. It's not because of the banks. Inflation is because of the wars. You see, you're already starting to see this in the headlines all over the place. I'm seeing headline after headline. The White House is coming out with saying this. Uh, scholars, academics are coming out saying this, that inflation is not because of the deficit. The inflation that we've seen is not because of the increasing monetary base. That's what they're saying. Headlines are popping up all over the place. They're already starting to condition you. Why do we have inflation then? Oh, well, it's because of uh, supply chains and it's because of uh, wars. You see? So you're already starting to see this shift and now the banks are coming on board. 
Deutsche Bank's coming on board. We got uh, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, RBC, uh, BMO. They're all the Wall Street firms um, that are now predicting an upbeat for 2024. All right. Now, if you listen to the first segment of this show, if not, you missed on the, uh, you missed it. Go back and check out the podcast. I talked about two types of crashes that could potentially happen. Most people think it's going to be a deflationary crash, but there's also an inflationary crash. And so just because prices go up doesn't mean it's a good thing. Um, so go back and listen to that. If you need uh, search the podcast, Mark Moss Show, you'll find it or go watch it on YouTube at the Market Disruptor Show. But what we're seeing is the Federal Reserve's aggressive interest rate hikes are now backing down. The dot plop, the analysts are expecting that the rates start coming down. And so if we've survived it this far, we can continue to make it. Now, there is no such thing as certainties. There's only probabilities. You start with what you think your base case is, what you think is the most probable outcome, and then you prepare for other outcomes should they happen. Then what you do is you closely watch the signs to figure out which one's going to happen. It's sort of how the FBI does their threat assessment. So uh, the FBI would use a model to as assess threats and they would say, okay, here's two potential things that could happen. Uh, I don't know. We could have a, a bombing and like a knife attack. I don't know. Right. So these two things could happen at this event. If we were going to have this happen, what are the steps, the signposts that we would see to lead to that? Or if this would be the threat, what would be the signpost that would lead us to think about this threat assessment? So they may come up with a couple of different, right, based off of probabilities, a couple of threat assessments, the steps or the signposts that they would see to get to those outcomes. And then they watch. And then they go, oh, well, these couple signposts came true. So now this has become the most probable outcome. And that's exactly what you and I need to be doing. We have to look at what are the potential outcomes, inflationary crash, deflationary crash. Great. What has to happen in order for those to happen? And we watch that. In my opinion, seeing how the Federal Reserve has responded to uh, the crises. I mean, look what happened when the banks collapsed earlier this year. Within six days, boom, they set up a, a, the BTFP, bank uh, term funding program, and got $100 billion into the banks to prevent the banks from crashing. Well, a couple of banks went under, no depositors lost money. So everyone's like, oh, Mark, but don't you understand that this BTFB, they built up $100 billion and uh, you know the Fed doesn't have a plan for that. And it's going to be really bad. And the banks are just going to lose more money because those bonds, the prices are too high. Yeah, the Fed can just take more of them. But Mark, you don't understand $2.9 trillion in commercial real estate mortgage bonds that are going to go bust or the banks are going to go bankrupt. Or the Fed could just put them on their balance sheet like they did before with mortgage-backed securities. Oh, you don't understand though, Mark, you know, like these, uh, these companies could go, uh, you know, th their stock could drop, okay? And the Fed could just buy their stocks like they did in 2020, right? And so look at the counters to each of these. Mark Twain said, it's not the things you know for certain, it's, the things, or it's not the things that you don't know that get you in trouble, it's the things that you absolutely know for certain. If you're just tuning in and listening to The Mark Moss Show, running through some of the latest breaking news headlines this week so you can stay informed, stay one step ahead of these central bankers and authoritarians, that's what I got. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.